awesome, mate! Do I feel lucky? Well, do you, Bunk? Good morning, Vietnam! I love the smell of night pump in the morning. You're gonna need a bigger boat. I feel the need. The need for speed. I wish I knew how to quit you. Love means never having to say you're sorry. You do! You'll shoot your eye out, kid. Happy Monday, guys. Happy Marvel Talk. Welcome, movie fans, movie listeners, and just movie enthusiasts all over the world and here in America. Uh, this is the Cinema Movie Podcast. We are here to talk about Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania, the first of three Marvel movies this year. So um, we have a lot of Marvel talks, so let's just go ahead and get started. There'll be no movie news, no uh, recent watches, no top five, anything. We're just kind of getting straight into it. Honestly, it's a lucky we're even going to be doing this today. <laughs> um, I'm yeah, joined with my friend Craig. What's going on, guys? Hey, can you hear me? Yeah, you're good. Yeah. Okay, perfect. Yeah, no, can you hear it's, me? Um, I can. Okay. Um, just one of those days, you know, where we're kind of, we're low. People have a lot of personal things going on. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm excited to talk about Ant-Man today. Uh, it's just kind of one of those things where I got to make do. Hey man, I'm glad I'm just glad you're here because otherwise I'll be doing the show by myself right now. So um yeah, let's go ahead and get into it. Um Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantum Media uh released uh January the seventh oh, I'm sorry, February the seventeenth, twenty twenty-three, starring Paul Rudd, Evangeline Lilly, Jonathan Majors, Catherine Newton, Bill Murray, William Jackson Harper, Corey Stoll, Michelle Pfeiffer, and one Mr. M Michael Douglas. Directed by Peyton Reed, who I believe has directed the first two as well of the Ant-Man trilogy. Um, currently, this film has a 6.6 .6 on IMDb, 47% on Rotten Tomatoes, 48% met Metacritic, and 84 liked by the Google users. So, a lot of mixed reviews for this one. Um, I think at one point this was sitting at almost Eternals level, which was kind of really shocking to me, shocking me, uh, to be honest. Um... But let's get into it, uh, Craig. Uh, I want before we get into Quantum Mania. Let me know your f thoughts on just the first two Ant Man's, just in general, and go into general thoughts for Quantum Mania. Yeah, um, I mean, Paul Rudd always been kind of a, uh, you know, prior to seeing the first Ant Man, you know, he was in you know kind of the, the smaller roles. He was always that funny guy. Um, mm -hmm. Really, honestly, wasn't that excited to see the first Ant Man. Um, it took me a while to actually watch it. Um, mm -hmm. and then this was kind of pre, like I was all, all Marvel all the time. Um, yeah. but when I, when I finally watched it, um, I was just like, man, it's a shock. Like I didn't think this specific character would do this good in the movie. And then obviously Ant-Man 2 was kind of, a didn't live up to the hype of, of the first one, uh, still right. solid. Um, but I think it suffered the same kind of feeling as uh, Black Widow, where mm. the villain wasn't as big and bad as we had hoped. You know, we were getting Hydra with Captain America and, um, you know, some of these other movies we were getting, like, with Guardians. It was just, yeah. the villains were so much bigger compared to what Ant-Man was dealing with, and I think that's to no fault but kind of how they were wanting to portray them. So. Right. And then uh, what, what's your just general thoughts on quantum media before uh, I'll give my thoughts. Uh, general thoughts. Um, 
I know people probably are going to dog on the CGI. Mm-hmm. I just want to start off with saying you make a movie that is 98% CGI and see how it goes. Um, yeah. You know, I, I took that for what it was. They're trying to build this whole universe in a, in a nothing but CGI. There's no real on location anything other than the initial part of the movie. Um, yeah. So other than that, I think everything was I think it was good. Awesome. Uh, my just general thoughts on it, the Ant-Man trilogy. The first two, the first one, I didn't, that's the I think that was the only Marvel movie I didn't see in the theaters because it just didn't, you know, I think Ant-Man was even a harder concept than the Guardians, to be honest, because, you know, you're talking, it's a guy that talks to ants. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, essentially. Um, but it really shocked me. I thought it was actually a pretty cool heist movie for it to be a Marvel movie. Right. Um, and then Ant-Man and the Wasp, I actually think, was a little bit of a step up. I I thought enjoyed. It still had the fun marvelness of what those films were in the Infinity in the Infinity Saga, right? Kind of the jokiness, but still has part of the seriousness. And it was an even balance to this. Um, with Quantum Mania, I like this movie. I don't think it's nowhere near as bad as everyone says it is. Um, the CGI, yeah. I mean, yeah, like you said, Craig, go make a two a hundred million dollar science fiction film and see what you can do um there's definitely a lot of positives in this movie but there's also some negatives i kind of want to talk about yeah. um overall i mean me and my friend had a we saw it thursday night i think you saw it thursday night as two craig yeah. um thursday afternoon thursday 4 afternoon. PM so, showing I, I was the first one so i mean and you got i think you sent in the text thread um this is better than wakanda forever i was just like okay all right yeah um my, my wife, that's kind of what her initial reaction was. And, and I somewhat mm-hmm. agree with her. Um, okay. I do think, um, you know, Black Panther is special in its own right. Um, mm-hmm. But I think if Chadwick was actually a part of that sequel, I don't think any movie recently would have been able to touch it, in all honesty. Yeah. But with what yeah. they were dealing with, you know. Right. Um. I think with this movie, I think the biggest thing, I think all of us um, Marvel fans and probably even general fans that go into this is how are we setting up Kang? How are we, um, how is Jonathan Majors going to do as, as this character? And I'll just go ahead and say, I thought he was her, him and I'll even say Michelle Pfeiffer. I thought they were like the best acting leads in this film. Yeah. Um, yeah. I thought he was able to promote not only what this character is going to be leading going forward, but also the, the malicious, the maliciousness and what he's able to be capable of. Now, I think there were a couple things that they didn't really show his like true aggression enough in the movie, but I, maybe they're saving that for, you know, later yeah. down the road, but overall, man, I'm, I'm excited for what they're going to do with Jonathan majors in this. Yeah. I mean, obviously you don't want to show everything all at once. You know, this is kind of, and I think that's one thing where this movie lacks is people are taking it as Kang's supposed to be this guy right now. And if you were to do that, Ant-Man's no longer a part of Marvel. Let's be honest. If you, if you bring out the full power of what Kang is capable of, Ant-Man's no longer a part of Marvel. And, you know, they had to find some common ground to make it believable, but also keep the story out going and build upon what's coming. And yeah. I think that's what the critics were expecting. You know, they 
they say, oh, he's the next Thanos, and Thanos came in in Infinity War, and right off the bat, dude's beating up Hulk, dude's killing Heimdall, you know. Yeah. But we had we had a lot to build up to that because we you know we first saw Thanos in at the end of Avengers the, the mid the yeah. post credits the mid credit scene, and then we got a glimpse of him in Guardians, and that was really it until yeah. Infinity War, and so with this, uh, technically we saw Kang at the end of season one of Loki. Spoiler alert for anyone who hasn't seen it, but uh, I mean technically you saw a variation of that of that character character you know he, yeah. he that's he who remains this is the conqueror yeah so they have two different thought trains or two different people yeah. um so yeah you see what jonathan majors is capable of but you don't really see that character yeah you're true that, that is correct because it's just like you said it's just a variant of you know especially when we get when we talk about the mid-credit scene you know there are tons of them yeah. that's just one two out of who knows how many but yeah, I mean, I will say the the tonal inconsistencies. It was, you know, it wanted to be funny, it wanted to be serious. I kind of just juggled that. I don't think it did it as well as the prior Ant Man's. No, um, you know, he Paul Rudd was cracking jokes at Kang, and Kang was still doing Jonathan Majors was still doing the serious Kang look, and it's just it didn't, it didn't, it didn't, it worked for my audience. I don't know about how it worked for you, but I chuckled at some points, but it wasn't like. You know, this is, I'm not taking this as like, okay, they're, he's going to kill someone in the next like five minutes, like Thanos would. Yeah, uh, definitely not. I mean, like the jokes were were Paul Rudd jokes, where yeah. it was like the first Ant Man. They just had that aura where yeah. everything was kind of laughable. Like he's in a situation he's not supposed to be in, where yeah. you know, whereas this one, he's he's been Ant Man for a while. He's still that kind of same guy that. Uh, you know, is, is funny and cracks jokes. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think they even mentioned in the movie, like, you know, in order to do this, you have to be able to crack jokes, yeah. if I'm not mistaken. And Yeah, it, I don't know who he was talking I don't remember who he was talking to, but, like, there was a line, something like that. And, you know, I just, I, I think for this movie, I wish they would have, you know, been lighthearted at the beginning and then went really kind of somber towards the end. Yeah. Whereas w- when Kang was kind of progressing, um, but I think the characters were really good. I mean, you had the the jelly guy. Yeah. Um, that whole yeah. part where they're meeting um, the quantum realm people. Yeah. Uh, for the first time was was pretty funny. You think they're they're being taken hostage and they're going to get killed and they're in a scary situation mm-hmm. when yeah really they just didn't they speak just, their language. Yeah. And then they just give them which I thought was a, it was a cool detail Concept. to add that it was a cool concept that you drink the stuff and you can hear in English or translate it into what they're actually saying, which I thought was a cool idea. Um, yeah, there was a lot of cool, like little mini characters. Like you said, the blob guy, the, um, it, the movie kind of, I think, and that's why they brought in, uh, Cassie, um, Scott's daughter, you know, she was, (laughs) I was going to ask about that. She became like a political activist and the whole, um, the realm, the quantum realm people is kind of a metaphor for like just dis- displaced people almost yeah. to an extent. And so it's just like, I get what they're doing, but like, you know, we don't want to come to Marvel movies for thinking about political movies. messages, you know? Yeah. Uh, Which, yeah. Let's, I mean, we'll go ahead like, and talk about have a little, You can have a little bit of it, but I felt like yeah. they were really trying subsection. to push it. 
Yeah. Yeah. There was like a whole sub, like sub sub plot of this film, basically. For Cassie and, and yeah. Yeah. What do you think about Cassie? I thought she didn't bug me, but it was just like it got to the point like when she was in the battle sequences, it's like, okay, you're like you're trying to have your moment type thing. Yeah, I I, I don't think the character was bad. I just don't think that actor fit her. I would have much rather had the girl they had in Endgame, which I know they're trying to go mm-hmm. to somebody who may have a little bit more chops because they're going to have a bigger role. But yeah, yeah, I, I don't like her. She's not. <laughs> I don't know where she's from. I don't, I don't really care for her. Uh, but I, like I said, it felt like she was trying to be big for the moment when she didn't really need to be. Yeah, Catherine Newton. She was in um, who plays. Um, Cassie, she was in Freaky, that Vince Vaughn horror movie from H from a Bloom Blumhouse. She was in Detective Pikachu, Paramal Paramal Activity Four, Blockers. So yeah, she's been in a couple stuff. I mean, Lady Bird, Bad Teacher. So she's been she's been in some pretty big stuff. And you know, I like I said, I don't think she was, I don't think she was bad. I kind of just think the character was kind of written kind of bad. It was just like, you know, yeah, I could kind of too kind of just sprung on us is like, okay, you're gonna have to deal with her basically. Um, yeah, going through, I thought I really enjoyed, honestly, the, when they get sucked into the quantum realm, I really, I, people are dogging the CGI. I thought that was actually a pretty great scene. It felt kind of like a roller coaster almost. Yeah. It was almost kind of like, um, when strange was going through all of the different universes. <laughs> yeah. But more so yeah. like a microscopic type thing. Yeah. Um, they, just, they kept getting bigger and bigger. And I really like the scene where, Hope kind of grabs her parents or like, like tackles them in order to save them from getting hit in the ground or whatever. So yeah, um, I, I I had a feeling that the ants were going to be mm-hmm. placed somewhere because you could see them falling with them. And yeah. so um, you know, fast forward a little bit. Uh, we'll talk about that here in a second. But fast forward to you know, I I didn't like how they kept. Like, half the movie was them, like, poking Hope Van Dyme about, like, what are you not telling us? What do you, what do you, Yeah. and it's like, it's like they thought that was making it seem like Kang was this big bad dude, yeah. when in all actuality, it didn't pay off in this movie. And I think that's what a lot of people might have hated, is you spent a good portion of this movie with her, like, I'm not telling you what's going on. I'm not, my life down here didn't mean anything. It's over. It's done. Right. And you come to realize, you know, through the storytelling that she kind of helped him become what he is. Yeah. And it's like, that's not something you have to hide for 45 minutes to make it seem like, you know, like if this, if, if the first time you saw Kang, he immediately just offed one of them. That'd be different. Yeah. But when you first saw him, he was like, I, I need your help. I need, I, you know, I'm giving you the option to help me out here or things could get difficult. Yeah. And, and that's the thing. I mean, I, I enjoyed the flashback sequences. I thought they kind of brought a little bit more levity to the situation, especially with uh, Michelle Pfeiffer's character. But yeah, I agree. I mean, they really, really just kept like hyping Kang up to be, you know, this vicious killer and what thing, like if you took Thanos and Killmonger together, that's what Kang is supposed to be. Yeah. And that just wasn't the case. And I agree with you, Craig. I mean, this is only one film out of like, another 20 before we even get to Avengers King dynasty. So, you know, we're going to yeah. see him multiple times, True. but you know, I, 
you have to start this villain off somewhere. And I think this was a good starting point for him. The, what I was going to bring up was in order to show his viciousness, this, it would have been a perfect idea to kill off either Michelle Pfeiffer or Michael Douglas as like a, you know, because yeah. he kept threatening Scott with killing his daughter. If he doesn't go into like the, um, the core of the energy thing in order to shrink it down so he could use it. So even, it was like, even if it was by accident that he offed Michael Douglas, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, like yeah. say he, he shoots something and it blows up and hopes right next to it. Like, Something yeah. give me give me some casualty in this movie because like you said or kind of like I said the first time we saw Thanos, dude's killing people and all you heard was you know he's just this this dude that is off to take half the universe and yeah, Kane you never got that and that I'm not gonna say it's a I'm not gonna say it's a casualty the casualty of the film but I just think it could have been done better. Like like yeah. you said, it's an accidental accidental death. Or I really thought when the ants came to back them up, like that would have been a perfect time to kill off Michael Douglas, like an explosion or yeah. Kang was trying to hit uh, Scott, but it like deflected and hit Michael Douglas. But it's just, you know, there was there was not a lot of stakes in this film, to be honest. Yeah. Well, and for somebody who is Kang, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like you got to give me something. Exactly. Um, let's talk about this dude. Like I, I heard something about this, but I didn't know what this was. Modoc hated him. Hated yeah, it so bad. Um, so I, I knew, I knew who Modoc was. I kind of knew the character back from the X-Men series back in the day. Mm -hmm. um, I didn't know who he was going to be. Okay. Um, I was yeah, going to say, it, did you know it was Darian Cross or you just know the concept of Modoc? I, I know the concept of Modoc. Um, okay. I did not, I had zero idea it was going to be Darren. Um, <laughs> and you know, it's, I, I just wish for, for, I mean, he was good, but I, I think they tried to keep it as ungrotesque as possible because Modoc's supposed to be this just, very deformed, very, you know, sick to look at kind of creature. And mm -hmm. he wasn't, it was just a face on like a green screen. And obviously there's memes out there. I'm sure everybody's kind of seen that, but yeah. Um, I, I don't think he's going to be around for anything else. No. Uh, he actually died. So yeah. So yeah, we're good on that. <laughs> um, we're good on that. It sucks. It's kind of like taskmaster, you know, taskmaster is actually going to come back. Yeah, but these villains aren't just throwaway characters. You, you got to give them something a little bit more if you're going to add them into these films. Yeah, and but that's been that's been Marvel's whole big thing, with the exception of Thanos. And I, I put Killmonger in there, even though he's only in one film. The villains in these movies are just they don't have they don't they don't have the the threatening capabilities of what you know a Joker would be and a Batman movie or Steppenwolf from justice league or anything like that. Well, not just that. It's like, as we progress forward, it just feels like there's no thought behind what these characters are. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously Kang has bigger intentions and Modoc's just kind of a, another one to be in there to be as like his assistant, but 
Yeah, I mean, even going back to Killmonger, like, yes, Killmonger was a great character, and a, Michael B. Jordan was great as Killmonger. He doesn't stick around very long. Yeah. Um, it's just, and it felt like going back to, like, the original Captain America and Captain America 2, mm-hmm. like, these characters and these villains were, were very well thought out. And yeah. like, the whole movie was kind of around them. And now it's just like, oh, they're here. Yeah, and, you know, we have Guardians in May, and I think a lot of people are looking forward to Adam Warlock, and I just... I think it's going to be halfway. Yeah, I mean, I want... I know a lot of people are excited for that, and I I want that to really succeed, but if you look at the the string of villains that we've had, you know, obviously this is, you know, they've really promoted that Guardians is going to be the last one of that trilogy, of that franchise. So, unless they cross them over with the Marvels or something like that, I think, you know, it's a one and done deal. So, yeah. And, you know, that could, that would be something good, you know, say, say Adam Warlock is one of the more powerful villains and he does come across and just completely, you know, gives the, the guardian something, you know, cause mm-hmm. I mean, Batista's contract is up. I, I really think from the way the trailers look that Gamora is going to die. Yeah. Um, so, you know, say you get two or three out of there, Drax, Gamora, and maybe one other. I say Rocket, because they're really promoting that. Yeah, Rocket. So there's three right there, and, you know, then Warlock kind of goes off, and the Marvels are trying to do something to, you know, th- that would Stop be a them. good crossover. But, yeah, you know, who knows, who knows the route? Yeah, I mean, like I said, we got... And I'm glad I'm glad the Marvels got pushed to November. That way, we have like a little bit of lee room between these films. Yeah, and it's not Marvel. Like, all right, we're gonna do another one in two two weeks. Yeah. Um, did you like Did you like that sequence of the shrinking of the core and it was like the sea of the Scott variants? Yeah. Uh, so I was curious. You know, you see the trailer and you're like, man, what's going on here? It's it's very mm-hmm. weird. Um. They didn't really give an explanation as to what, like, it was like, yes, it's a multiplying or, you know, you have the different variations of what your choices could be in this thing. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you would think that they would all know why they were there and what was happening. And I mean, they kind of do at the end. It was just weird because then they all come together as one. Yeah, and, and it, it looks it, it, the visual's cool. It looks like an ant heel going up to yeah. try to get to the core. Um, it was funny that you kept seeing the Baskin Robbins. Yeah, head. I'll admit that got to me each time it showed up. It it, it made me laugh. Um, I I don't think we even said spoiler alert, obviously, but it, it, we're just trying to get through talk about as much stuff because we're on like a limited time frame. Um, I guess going forward, spoiler alert or. 23 minutes into this if anyone's still sticking around um let's talk about the the final battle of like i guess kang's empire and they're trying to stop him from actually taking off with the uh the core device so he could travel um you get giant ant-man you get cassie you get hope um and all the this uh place the, the the very Star Wars Episode Nine ending, dude. I, I, 
I kid you not, dude. My friend went with me to see this, and he's never seen a Star Wars movie in his life. He turned like there's literally a cantina scene in this movie. He turned to me and said, "Is this what Star Wars is like?" I was like, "Yes, that this is very much like Star Wars." Yeah, because they're you know they get the whole send out the signal like we're greater than the the one you know yeah like we're greater in numbers. And it doesn't help it that she's literally a hologram telling that telling yeah. that message. I'm just like, oh my god. Did you like? Oh, something we didn't talk about. Did you like the Bill Murray character, or do you think that was just like getting Bill Murray for Bill Murray purposes? Bill Murray for Bill Murray. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, the character, it was funny uh, because obviously with there being people down there, I, the whole thing about, like, she's like, hey, I had needs. And he's like, yeah. Like, it was like very sexualized for a little yeah. bit. And I'm like, y'all can chill on this. Like, like there are kids in this once, theater. But, like, I mean, you don't want to make Modoc grotesque, but you want to sit there and talk about old people having you know, relationships. Yeah. And again, it played up that whole Kang thing. And, you know, Bill Murray is like, you left us and you, it's because of you that he's, you're what he's after. And we had to suffer from it. It's like, okay, well, where, where's the payoff from that? Where, you know, where's the, the consequences of her actions. And I guess, I guess it is the displacement of these people, but it's like, you know, it would have been nice to see that if he's like destroying worlds left and right. Yeah, I mean, they showed you a little bit of him destroying worlds, but give us a, a backstory of, like, her leaving and then him just, like, destroying cities left and right. Yeah, give us, like, yeah. a 10-minute clip of that. And I think yeah. it would have really set the tone for Kang. I agree. Um, Scott versus Kang, I thought was actually a pretty cool fight, you know. Yeah. And ultimately, I'm, I'm glad that the message of, like, you thought you could win, and, she, and Scott's like, no, I just have to lose. If I lose, you lose. And yeah. just so desperate of trying to get that or back. Yeah. And, you know, I, I think after kind of everything with Thanos, you know, a majority of these Avengers might have that same mindset where it's like, I'm going, I saw what Tony Stark did in mm-hmm. order to save the universe. If I have to make that same sacrifice, so be it. Like, yeah. And that's why I feel like you might see a lot more of these, like, that's how they go out is like, you know, I may not be winning, but as long as you're not getting the upper hand on something moving forward, I'm all for it. Yeah. And I, I really, I really hope they don't do the Tony Stark death scene here soon. They need to save that for one of the Avengers movies, not just throw it in there just because, um, because that we earned, we earned a lot to get to that moment. Yeah. And we gotta, we gotta do a little bit more, world building in this multiverse storyline to get to that. that you know we're five six movies in right now mm-hmm. and i feel i feel zero investment like this was the first movie where i was like all right we have a path now let's find it and let's let's take it and really that path started with a tv show yeah and you know you go back and Black Widow had zero to do with it. Thor had zero to do with it. Um, Black Panther had zero to do with it. And yeah, I get you're kind of trying to tell these solo stories, but I just wish they would have planned a little bit better instead of just throwing shit out there and hoping it stuck. Yeah. 
Phase five movies. Um, like I said, we have three this year. Ant Man, Quantumania. We're just we're getting done with that one. Guardians is in May. Marvels is in November. Then we have next year. Um, we don't get another Marvel movie till May of next year with Captain America: New World Order, which is uh, Falcon basically taking on the mantle. Yeah. Um, Thunderbolts, which is the Harrison Ford, uh, Florence Pugh kind of like ragtag team of characters. Which and, I have uh, seen that um, Sebastian Stan as um, Winter Soldier is going to be kind of the lead of the Thunderbolts. Yeah, which would, which would make sense. And then if this movie still comes out, uh, Blade, September of next year. So, um, yeah. Um, Scott, basically at the end of the movie, Scott resumes his life, but man goes back to rethinks did we do something wrong is this leading into something much more and then <laughs> it has that weird ending and my theater was just quiet usually we get claps in marvel movies we didn't get nothing yeah and it's because you know at the end king doesn't die obviously he just kind yeah. of disappears and so mm -hmm. scott's walking and he's like you know king said that there was going to be more and they were gonna they were worse than me or something like that and he's just mm -hmm. like did i did i do something wrong? Did I do it right? And he's like, nah. I'm sure it's fine. Just Paul yeah. Rudd. You know, Paul that Rudd was kind of funny, but it was like, the, I agree, the theater's like, what? Yeah. You know, like, that's how you're going to end it? And I mean, that's I, just Paul Rudd being Paul Rudd, I guess. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's essentially, it's it, it's a very Paul Rudd ending to a, a comedy movie, basically, and I mean, I will say that I think out of all the trilogies, this is definitely the most comedic of the Marvel universe. Yeah. Um, yeah. Let's go into the credit. The credit scenes. Spoiler alert: Go see Ant Man and join us afterwards. The first mid-credit scene is the Kang variants, where you know they say we've killed one and we have to stop this Earth from basically trying to get to the multiverse. And that's yeah. essentially. And there's a bazillion Jonathan Majors on a green screen. On a green screen. Yeah, and you know they're like you know, I, I, you know it just happened so quick the, this end credit scene, and uh, if I get things mixed up, I'm sorry, but uh, mm -hmm. they were like you know, they were saying something along the lines of like we didn't get to kill them, who did? So they think that there's probably a greater threat out there. Yeah, and it's like they're wanting to get out there to prepare for that threat. Mm -hmm. When in all honesty, it's like just Ant Man. Yeah, and yeah. yeah. And then probably the most, there was a lot of, uh, in my theater, uh, and you can share your theater experience if you want. There was a lot of laughter throughout the film, honest, I mean, truthfully. Um, but the post-credit scene, that got a huge reaction, which is I basically setting up Loki season two with him and uh, Mobius saying like, that, that's it. And Owen Wilson's like, he doesn't seem that bad. And it's just like, yeah. like no, you, you don't know what he's capable of. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it's... <laughs> you almost feel like they're doing a better job of setting up Loki better than they are Kang. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and I think, I think Loki comes out later this year, I think season two. Yeah. Should I be. believe so. I just want to go back though real quick. Yeah. So before, you know, Ant-Man's big and everybody's out there and they're all fighting and then the ants kind of come out of nowhere, which I thought was an, um, the concept of them, developing technology over thousands of years 
mm-hmm. because they were in a different part of the quantum realm. Genius. Yeah. yeah. It's genius. You know, it's, it's using time manipulation and actually putting some thought into it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's kind of, it's dumb, but at the same time, it makes sense. Craig, I think you're on. Oh, there. Okay, I thought you were on mute for a second, but go ahead. Oh no, my headset died. Um, you know, they kind of defeat King's army, and they're able to get into the ball. And then I agree with you that that fight scene where it's just Paul Rudd and, and King was it's probably one of the better, more intense, um, just mono mono combat scenes mm-hmm. uh, in in a majority of these films. I mean, he, they, you know, I, I like like the phil- philosophical conversations that they're having. And then he breaks, literally destroys Ant-Man's helmet. And it's a really cool, you know, inside view. Yeah. Of him like yeah, stomping was, on it. I thought was cool. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, there's a lot to this movie that I thought, I think both of us can agree that there was a lot of good points, but it's just, you know, it kind of goes into my final question is like, has Marvel lost the magic? You know, it's just kind of, you're kind of sitting there going like, it feels very much like a, a Game of Thrones episode where you're just like, okay, we'll see you here in a couple couple weeks or a couple months and we'll see what happens next. It's not like you're not walking out of the theater feeling like amazed and being like, I can't wait to see what happens. It's more like, okay, what now? Yeah, it's, it's like, you know, before you would feel satisfied with the current product. Mm-hmm. As well as looking forward to the next film, and now it's like, okay, that was a that was a good film, but you know, I, I feel like moving forward, the next one should be better. That shouldn't yeah. be the case. You shouldn't be thinking to yourself, the next one should be better. The yeah. next one should be the one that is going to set things off. It should be every every one of these movies should matter in some type of way. Yeah, and I that's a that's a perfect example that's a perfect um summation of like okay maybe the next one's better that we never had that problem with marvel even like maybe thor the dark world maybe yeah one or two maybe another one but all, most of them are all home runs and you're just like okay you know that that makes sense let's see what happens in the next film but now it's just like okay do i have to watch Agatha covet of darkness to understand what's going to happen next, you know? Yeah. I, I'm not going to say introducing the TV shows was a bad idea. Cause I mean, it has brought us some connection, connectivity and some enjoyment, but it's like, you know, well, am I going to, am going to have to watch She-Hulk to understand the Marvels, you know? And, and even, even they've came out and said, you know, they, they put out too much stuff. Yeah. They, they know they opened up a can of worms by doing all this extra stuff. And, Maybe that's a, a byproduct of um, the prior CEO who's no longer there. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, if they were to just kind of come out and say, like, if they were just upfront with people and they were like, "Look, we tried to do too much initially. She Hulk is is kind of we're done. Yeah, Moon Knight is going to get its own thing, but it's it's separate from everything else. Because yeah. how are you going to tie in Moon Knight?" How are you going to tie in, you know, all these other shows that you're doing? Like, it's just not the, I feel like the mesh is so far out that no matter how many movies you do, it's not going to make sense in the end. I mean, I'm looking at the list now, the whole, well, the shows that are supposed to come out this year is 
Secret Invasion of Loki, which is Secret Invasion and then Loki, which is like the first first two shows of the year. Season two of What If, which I I don't understand why we're even doing that again. Ironheart, which was I'm willing to give that character another chance because there was just a lot going on in Wakanda forever that she just didn't have her time in the sun. Echo, which is a spinoff of Hawkeye, which I don't know. Uh, Agatha Coven of Dark Chaos, which is late 2023, early 2024. And, and I, dude, honestly, the only one I'm really excited about is Daredevil Born Again, which is like early 2024. That's the only one I'm yeah. really like looking forward to. Yeah, I mean, none of those... If they were to come out and say literally none of these are tied to the MCU, mm-hmm. I I wouldn't watch any of them. Yeah, yeah, because it's just it's just too much. It's almost I I think after She Hulk, which I didn't finish the show because I think you watched the last episode. So it was it was terrible. <laughs> yeah, I didn't finish it. Um, I think after Wakanda Forever, I was just like, you know what? I think I'm just gonna stick with the movies. I'm sure at some point in the movies, I know I'll maybe miss a little bit of the Easter eggs and what's what they're bringing in. But at this point, dude, it's just it's just too much. It's way too much. I'll stick with Loki. I feel like Loki is really tied into what the movies are presenting. Yeah. But Agatha, Coven of Darkness, I don't feel like that's going to have any payoff for the end goal. I don't know. I feel like Loki is literally the only one that's going to have end goal payoff, and that's it. Yeah, I agree with you on that. Um, all right, man, let's go ahead and wrap this thing up. Uh, favorite scene? Is there kind of the thing that kind of like stuck out to you the most? Or uh, you're I, just like, okay, uh, this is like, this is cool. I, I like this, you know, the jelly guy. So, yeah. you know, he's like, how many holes do you have? And he tells him, he's like, seven <laughs> holes. And, um, you know, when he gets shot, and then he's like, I have a hole. And you're like, okay. You know, he's like just happy that he has a hole. But then it jumps to this giant mouth and he just eats that dude. Yeah. I was like, like, that's that's perfect for this type kind of movie. Yeah. And I feel like, you know, they kind of added other things that made it funny. The squid in the cup um, at the dinner scene with Bill Murray. Oh, like, yeah. Was the, the Oh, and it grows larger. into a huge one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> that's funny. Um. I'll say just the scene of them meeting back where he got stranded. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he's like, this is where you left me. Yeah. You know, that, that scene right there was just really good. When Jonathan Major was really delivering his, like, this is why I am what I am and this is who I'm meant to be. The like, movie's really good. Those, it was really good. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm going to say the, uh, when they get pulled into the quantum realm, I thought that was actually a pretty cool sequence. Um, the, and probably when Ant-Man and Kang are talking and which we didn't even talk about, but the whole, um, now which Avenger are you? Did I, did I kill you already? That was, that sets up something cool. It's just like, like, tell me more about that. You know, are we going to see that? He's and, like either one with the hammer or yeah. yeah. It's just like that that's what we need. <laughs> you need you're that's the best part. Yeah. Um and I'll I'll agree with you. Like the jelly guy, they do a good job of giving these little minute characters like little like subplots and it it pays off in the end. So um and if we could have gotten a 10 second clip of you know they, they didn't put Tom Cruise in as Iron Man. 
Yeah. For for Doctor Strange, but if we would have just gotten somebody else in an Iron Man suit or give me Matt Damon as Thor and Loki, you know, yeah. what I mean? like he's the real Thor in this universe. Yeah, as the real Thor fighting them would have been absolutely hilarious and a payoff. Yeah, exactly. And I maybe that's coming, maybe, but it's just like when you're sitting when we're sitting here, and even all four, if all four of us were sitting here. We come up with great ideas. It's just like, we'll pay us and we'll give you those ideas for free or whatever. You know, it's yeah. just like, it can work. Just put um, me a part of it and we will, we will we'll help you out. <laughs> um, all right, man, let's go ahead and read this thing out. Um, I'm going to give it a seven. Um, I don't hate this. I don't love this. It's kind of the borderline tier Marvel. I yeah. kind of like the first two better than this, but. I'm excited for what Jonathan Majors is bringing to the MCU. Um, there are a lot of good moments in this, but at the end of the day, by the time we get to the Marvels, are we going to remember like, oh yeah, Quantumania came out this year, you know? Yeah. So I'll give it a seven. Yeah, I agree with you. I think it's on par with every other film that's come out um, since Endgame. Um, mm -hmm. You know, aside from No Way Home, which I think was carried more so by the nostalgia. Yeah. Uh, but it's a good movie. It's not a great movie. It's not a terrible movie like they're giving it. Um, it was a joy to watch initially. Yeah. But it's not it's not phase one through three where you're like, man, I can sit down and watch this these movies three times over preparing for the next movie. You know what I mean? Like it's just not exactly they don't have that it to them anymore. Yeah. And I mean, like you like you know, I think we've said, you know, I think eventually this was going to happen with this franchise. You know, you have to have a lull at some point if you're going to keep going. But yeah, it's just it's kind of depressing. But at the same time, it was inevitable, obviously, especially after Endgame with, that wrapped up that whole entire storyline. Just like Thanos. Exactly. It's inevitable. Um, That's a good way of putting it. Yeah, this is at 47 percent. I would say. 70 maybe 65 percent it does not need to be at 40 percent at all 47 percent. Yeah, i would say around if i were to grade this on a scale i'd give it around a 78 you know yeah. it's it's it has its high points with jonathan majors and ant-man really going at it it has its low points when they're just kind of picking around what the story arc is going to be yeah you know, so yeah, um, that's our grades. Uh, we're both giving it a seven. Ant Man and the Wasp: Quantumania is in theaters right now. Go check it out. Send us some e send us some some emails of what you think about the movie. Um, next week, The Princess Bride. Uh, Rewatched it over the weekend, so it'll be a it'll be an interesting conversation. Um, Craig, I'm sure you've seen this multiple times at some point. Multiple. Yeah, <laughs> probably don't even need to rewatch it. It's, uh, probably. <laughs> No, it's it's a family favorite. So yep, um, I I rented it from the library. You can watch this on Disney Plus. Um, so go check it out if you have Disney Plus. Uh, yeah, man, that's gonna do it for us today. Um, I'm sorry this is not as long of an episode as it, as we usually do, but you know we got things going on, and at least we got exactly. to do an episode. So yeah, I mean, hey, we got to the meat potatoes. Next week we'll come back with it. You know, it's. You just yeah. got us off a, off a off day, off week, I guess you would say. 
Um, yeah, I we mean, did I, a forty. I still think the conversation was good. You know, we didn't yeah. we didn't give you all the the side dressings, but you still got the main part of it. We're here for yeah. the movie, and that's what we gave you. Exactly, and ultimately, we did almost a forty-five minute episode, which is longer than what we really were originally going to do. So. All right, guys. Uh, I'm Zach. This is Craig. Uh, we'll see you next week for The Princess Bride here on the Cinnamon Movie Podcast. Bye, guys. Later. <laughs>